this episode, we talk about the five finance hats that are worn by nonprofit staff and board members to achieve financial success. Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And today, we're going to talk about nonprofit finance. Oh, I love how you say that with so much energy. I'm I'm actually a little worried that we might lose some people. Finance can be a little dry. Oh, you know, it has that reputation. You know, I was one of those nonprofit board members who hated talking about finance because I didn't really understand what was going on. And maybe because I've now kind of seen the light, I feel a little evangelical about finance and and how often and and with such joy we can talk about it. All right. Well, please teach me. Well, I think the challenge with finance is that it's not one size fits all. That we want to talk about what hat you're wearing when you come to finance. So it's not, you know, everyone wear the same beanie. There's, you know, a beanie, a top hat, maybe a circus hat, and maybe, you know, one of those wonderful Russian fur hats that cover your ears. Like there's lots of different hats. And I think we need to talk about that. Oh, I always love a good hat analogy and you're you're the best at them. And in this case, I can actually picture one hat on each member of a nonprofit team and um, sometimes, though, that hat is too small. <laughs> it seems to like barely, you know, precariously rest on the top of their head. And for others, the hat often with finance, I feel like is so large, it's kind of covering their eyes so they don't have to look up and, and see. <laughs> yeah. And it's always a problem when a board member actually pulls their hat over their eyes. Like, I just need this to be over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're not going for in a finance conversation. Oh, so let's 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 strategize here on how we match the hat to the head. And that's really what we want to talk about today related to nonprofit finance. It's not one size fits all. Everybody wear the same size hat, same kind of hat. We need to really match the hat to the head. All right. So help me know where to start. Okay. So let's start with the board chair. The board chair for all things related to a board, guides the culture to ensure it supports, in this case, inclusive financial conversation and decision-making. So the board chair is setting the tone, creating the culture, guiding the culture, proactively creating a culture that supports everyone being included in the conversation, facilitating meetings in a way that involves everyone in decision-making. So when we're making finance decisions, it's not just the treasurer talking. Mm, interesting. And also maybe not just let's get through this bullet point as quickly as possible on the agenda and vote, allowing for that pause of silence um, so that people realize they can, in fact, formulate their thought and then speak, I think is one of the key jobs to being a board, good board chair. You got to embrace the awkward pause. Oh, love the awkward pause. And I think we've talked in previous episodes about breaking it up. Like so often board meetings are one to whole, one person talking, everybody listening. Why not do break up in pairs, small group conversations? You take income, I'll take expenses. You know, I don't know, break it up somehow. Totally. I do think being a board chair requires that creativity of facilitation. Oh, yeah. And there's some great training. I think we did an episode, right, with Mike Beebe on facilitation. So if you missed that, board chairs, go back and listen to that. We'll we'll include it in the show notes. Okay, what's okay. another hat? Another hat. 
Treasurer. The treasurer, I mean, first of all, I know a lot of boards struggle to find a treasurer, but once you have a treasurer, that person really needs to provide the oversight on the financial system. So I think of it as providing the executive function on how finance is actually going to happen within the organization. So ensuring the organization is using the right tools, so accounting software, bank accounts, credit cards, you know, whatever that might be, providing leadership on financial policies and procedures, and ensuring that there's board learning and orientation and support in support of participation so that people know how to fit into the conversations. Yep, I totally agree. And I I think sometimes um, in nonprofits, especially smaller nonprofits, the treasurer uh, gets pulled down into the weeds um, to you know actually sign a check or oversee something. And I love that you remind us that a treasurer's role is to provide that leadership on financial policies and procedures that that kind of above the trees um, perspective on have we managed our risk? Are we for our size? Are we are we being thoughtful about how we do things? The other role I always picture a treasurer playing is being that interpreter to the rest of the board. I have recently had an amazing uh, treasurer in our organization who presents the quarterly report each time with a theme. So they've you know taken in all the information and then then they come and and they then tell the story of our organizational you know financial moment at that quarter um, with a, a theme. And I cannot tell you how it has transformed people's paying attention um, and I think people's understanding um, because they've helped sort of reframe the numbers and the spreadsheets and the jargon that so often comes with um, treasurer reports into something, oh, you, you've analyzed it for me. I, I realize that, that this quarter's theme is remain calm. Well, and that that bridge piece is so important, right? Because so many times we recruit a treasurer who's maybe a CPA or, you know, somehow deep into finance. And so we just we just let them do their thing. Building that bridge back to the rest of the organization is what's going to really allow the decision making to happen. Absolutely. 100%. So that brings us to just the rest of the board. So board members at large. And their job is to ensure that the organization's finances are achieving its mission. So they're just so focused on mission, values, purpose, and regularly asking, how do these numbers show up in a way that it supports our mission? What are our values? And how does that show up in the numbers? So that means regularly reviewing financial reports, balance sheet, income statement, maybe a cash flow statement, participating actively in board discussions, and seeking out learning and support to fill the knowledge gaps that may get in your way or, you know, keep you from having full confidence in the conversation. Yep. You know, I think one of the most important things a board member who's not the treasurer or the board chair um, can do is when looking at the organizational budget, when it's when it's time to, you know, review a budget and, and make a vote on it, to sit down with it and simply ask, okay, if I'm just looking at this budget, if I if I pretend I know nothing else about this organization, what do I think this organization values given the budget? Like, where's the money being spent? What do I what do I think this organization prioritizes and values? And write that list down and then see if that actually matches what you would articulate as an organization you value and and prioritize. And if they don't match, then that's the conversation you should be having as a board. Why don't they match? And maybe they don't match because a particular value doesn't 
costs a lot of money. <laughs> so it's not going to appear. It doesn't mean there's a flaw, but it's just a really great exercise to take a look at your budget and say, hmm, if I was an outside auditor looking at this, not for number auditing purposes, mm-hmm. but for mission audit, I would say this is an organization that cares about A, B, and C. Does that really matter? I've seen that show up, for example, like professional development for staff. You know, we love our staff. We feel they're the most important thing to us. And I'll look at a budget and say, so where's your professional development budget? Where's your attend conference? Where's your staff appreciation, right? Absolutely. Or even staff wages. Lots of ways to say, hmm, do these things match up? Absolutely. So that brings us to the executive director. And what is the role of the executive director in the in the financial story of an organization? Well, they manage the finances on a day-to-day basis. They provide feedback to the board on how financial systems are working. They're implementing the tools that are, are decided upon. They're providing the reports that the board needs. They're, they're communicating key information to the staff. So whatever the board is doing, they're the bridge back to the staff on what those conversations are. And I think that last point, the executive directors that I know, and I include myself in this, we tend to remember really well that we're supposed to work closely with the board on numbers, right? We lay awake at night worrying about the numbers and we, we make sure our board doesn't have any surprises when it comes to numbers. But taking a moment to think about how to share that information back with the staff, I think is really important. And it's always a, a, an important balance. You don't want your staff to be panicked and you know feel like they're about to lose their job if numbers aren't going well. And you also don't want your staff to be overly <laughs> ambitious <laughs> with spending if you're you know having a good year. But I find that the more our staff understands where we are financially in a, in a clear way, then the more we make decisions as a team that makes sense financially. But it takes time because your staff don't necessarily have the training in finance either. Yeah, I was just going to say, I teach a lot of finance classes and, and it's usually board members who come, which I love. But there's always a few staff members. And I absolutely love that because these are folks who are rising up within nonprofits. They may be taking on budgeting. The executive director has asked them to do something. And and they're like, I really need to understand the finances. And so absolutely, I think it's so important that the executive director kind of let's build our financial muscle on both sides, the board and the staff. And that really will help to bring them together. And, you know, as this little side tangent, it's it's one of the best professional development opportunities you can provide to a sort of rising star in your organization. Because at the end of the day, if they ever want to become the leader of your organization as part of your succession plan or anything like that, they're going to have to understand the money side. That's just the reality of it. And so I've been trying to pay attention to of course, sharing information with the whole staff, but then who do I very intentionally want to bring into the budgeting process as a, as another kind of outlet for professional growth? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And that brings us, of course, to our fifth category of people in this conversation, and that is the staff, that they are important in all of this. They they are following the policies and the financial system set by the board and the executive director. And to be perfectly honest, the more they can give feedback back into the system is is really powerful. I mean, I've seen systems and policies set up that have no no relevance to the day-to-day work. Um, and so somehow bringing all that together, we, we of course need staff members compliant with the policies and asking questions, 
and really living out the culture and the practice of, of nonprofit finance within the organization. I think that goes a long way too toward demystifying it, right? I think the workplaces where they've where I've seen kind of troubled waters, maybe when the finances aren't perfect, when the staff don't know what's happening and they don't understand why all these policies and procedures are in place, that tends to be where you get the most tension, as opposed to organizations where that communication is clear and, oh, these policies, of course, I need to do an expense report with receipts. Like, I get it. I'm, I, you know, I'm working with the public trust here. Of course, I need to prove that that was, you know, a bona fide work expense. So we'll put these five in the show notes and, you know, so that you have them in writing. But the question around, like, so how would I implement this in my organization? I think about first is really, thinking about the person in the hat. I think there's, you know, framing the job appropriate for them. I mean, we've been using so many hat metaphors. So if I could just flip it a little bit, we also want, you know, think about what sunglasses I should wear. What lens should I look through when I'm looking at the finance? Should I look for mission alignment? Should I look for, you know, discrepancies in the system? Like, what should I be looking for? So often we just put down a financial statement and and like, okay, let's talk. It's very helpful to frame the conversation as right. to what they should be looking for. Right, exactly. And and those can be different things at different times of the year, right? Like what you're asking when you put a proposed budget in front of someone can be very different than what you're asking um, maybe in as you're reading your 990 tax return. Mm-hmm. And then backfill whatever information they need to do that task. And we have some, we'll include in the show notes, some resources around finance. There's a few great resources on increasing financial literacy, but but those are some strategies on how to apply all of this. So what's our word of the week? Well, doesn't it have to be fit? <laughs> or our hat. <laughs> or hat, it could be hat, but but the hat needs to fit. Yes. So, you know, when we think about fit, it happens when the item matches the person. So in this case, fit happens when the expectation of what needs to happen matches the role that someone has. And fit is so important with nonprofit finance because so many people come to nonprofits without any finance knowledge, right? They come to save the dogs, the trees, help elderly people, provide early childhood education, whatever, they usually don't join a board to read balance sheets. That's my just big guess. So (laughs) expecting that everybody knows a lot or the flip of that, that only the treasurer knows a lot, that isn't going to get a nonprofit to a place where finance is a healthy part of its decision-making. Goldilocks needed to find the right chair so do our nonprofit finance roles. Mm, good. So interesting. You and I often pick the same word and then approach it totally differently. I completely understand what you're saying. But when I saw the word of the week was fit, I went to thinking about being fit. Oh. And that um, to be fit requires practice, right? Like you don't just mm. wake up and say, I'm fit. <laughs> it usually requires some training. It requires some dedication and discipline and finding the a- exercise or activity that you love and will stick with and that that brings you some joy in the process. And that then, you know, over time, one gets fit. And then once you achieve fitness, you have to maintain it. It doesn't just 
stay. <laughs> and when I think about organizations and finance, I, I those are the principles that I come to, which is, look, we might not be good at it when we start. You know, the person learning to swim isn't good at it either, but they can stay with it and get better. And as you get better, you realize how rich that ex- ex- exercise or activity is, and then you get even better at it. And And I kind of see finance as something we all want to be fit at. Nonprofit finance can feel overwhelming to many nonprofit board and staff members. One way to break it down is by considering the five roles that need to be played to ensure your organization's money is well managed. When everyone knows what they need to be doing, you'll get more people involved in conversations, decision making, and oversight. And that is a great place to be. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show today. Tell your friends about the Nonprofit Radio Show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Visit nonprofitradioshow.com for tips, tools, and free resources for nonprofits. The show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks in partnership with the Nonprofit Learning Center, delivering learning and innovation to help nonprofits thrive. Our production team is Steve Fonslet and Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. We always love to hear from our listeners. We're inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.